2: waiting in the middle, can Jancek put
1: a decent ball in, it's a deep one, up goes McKenna, hit a back, across. go gone to the right,
2: Kevin McKenna with the equaliser for Hearts. it's one all. it's scenes of absolute joy in the away end.
0: Hello and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel and happy new year. From the podcast, dedicated to Edinburgh's number one club, Heart of Midlothian. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined for a new year, but the same old story, isn't it, Mark Donaldson?
2: <laughs> is it the continuation of our unbeaten run against Hibernian, or is it uh, an- another win? Um, whatever it is, happy to report and to have watched uh, a really good games, but certainly the first half um, at Tyne Castle. Brilliant noise and the perfect way to kick off the new year. Happy New Year to you, sir. Indeed. And
0: to you. And it is, as you say, the, the perfect way to start 2023 with a win against our oldest rivals. We will, of course, get into the match between Heart and Midlothian and Hibernian that took place on the 2nd of January at Tyne Castle. I've got a little. 2022 quiz mm-hmm. for Mark since we've just got past the year I th- thought I might be able to squeeze it in before we went off for the, um, for the the Hogmanay break, if it's such a thing but it was obviously a very busy last episode with two games to talk about and with former referee Des Roach coming on as well, so I've saved it for this one and we'll look ahead to the next game for Hearts away to St. minute and maybe talk transfers as well if we've got time You are listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Heart of Midlothian hosting Hibernian at Tynecastle, a capacity crowd for the first game of 2023. Not New Year's Day. Doesn't happen as often these days, the old traditional first of January fixture, not since 2011, since Kevin Kyle battered that header in. But it was, marked 20 years to the day since Graham Weir became the hero for Hearts in an incredible eight-goal thriller. And despite it not being the first of January, there's just something extra about this fixture. Obviously, derbies have something extra, but then a Derby at the start of the year, I don't know if it's because everyone's been off work and had more time to to get extra merry for it. But there's just an added
2: edge, isn't there? I'm going to take you back to when the pink newspaper was a thing. Used to, I got it in Pennycook about 6.30, people in Edinburgh would get it a bit earlier. But in the summer, the summer pink always came out a little bit earlier on a Saturday because it didn't have any football to report. One of the better days for the pink newspaper to go and get it when there was more excitement was when the fixtures were out. And that was prior to see you young ones, you just check the Google and the Internet. But back then we had to we had to get it from our newspapers. Uh, so well, not...
1: I
0: don't know what? I had to I had to deliver um deliver a newspaper around my local area, which was up northeast, and they used to get the Green Final. Yeah, the Green Final mm-hmm. And um and it was pretty much a waste of time because it came out just... It was like, what, five, six o'clock? And most things yeah. just said, latest.
2: <laughs> it was like barely any confirmed scores. <laughs> no, the pink was always pretty good. And there were one or two things down the side of it that um, that would, would update. But no, they were they were always pretty good. And the, the Dundee version, the evening telegraph uh, on a Saturday, was written in present tense, which was the most confusing thing in the world. But anyway... Um, In the summertime, it was always a a highlight when the fixture day was here, used to get the pink newspaper. And for me, the first one I would always check would be, this was prior to the days before live TV and anything like that. So the Mm -hmm. fixture days and times were the days and times that they were played. So the first one I would always check was New Year. Is it on New Year's Day? Uh, What's the Christmas fixtures? When's the Hibs game? Then you would look for the other derbies, then you would look for final game of the season on me and it'd be old firm or whatever. But it was always the first one I always checked in the pink in the summertime when the fixtures came out was when is the new year derby? I messaged my dad, my dad's a former cop and I said, Why do you think the game wasn't on the first? Is it simply because of, of policing, lack of numbers, and they wouldn't pay them? And He told me he got like, I don't know, he got double time plus time and a half or something. I don't know if that's changed. I think it's very difficult now, especially with the private, uh, sorry, the public sector and the strikes and everything like that. And it's hard um, for for people in the UK, or it certainly sounds like that, for someone to say to, or hearts to say to the cops, can we do this on the 1st? Because it's tradition or something like that. Maybe that's what it was. I don't even know if it was looked into. It was the second. It was twenty years on from Graham Weir, and it was the first game at Tynecastle on that date against Hibernian yep. since uh, since Kevin Kyle's winner late on in two thousand and eleven. So a lot of anniversaries for that game. It was a
0: a, a typically um, big fixture in the calendar for both these clubs. Uh, Hearts going into as the form side, only lo- losing one of their previous seven league matches and. In their 13 home league matches ahead of this one, only Rangers and Celtic had taken all three points Uh, from Tynecastle. Hibbs eight losses in 10 games and they'd lost five in a row away from home. So a bit of pressure mounting on Lee Johnson, who apparently was was out for a few the night before and um, was photographed and videoed by Hearts fans. And it's one of these things it a big is it a big deal a football manager going out having a few drinks not really
2: I well, when we get turned over three now
0: however yes if you're under pressure um the fans aren't too happy with how things are going and you Stay are in and watch the eve, yes you're the eve of a big game and you, you know you know fine well if it doesn't go well the pressure's going to be amped up it just just seemed a little naive I think um, given and the circumstances, I,
2: he just has David Brent vibes.
0: constantly. He's an odd. He comes out with some very odd things, and I, I don't know. You know, we'll get to the game in a moment, but some of the things now, he is he trying to talk himself into a P forty five? He's um, <laughs> he's passing the passing the buck a fair bit, and what was he basically saying almost all the signings weren't his? The team's terrible. It's, yeah. I, yeah, I was just... I was
2: thinking I was thinking about something you said on a podcast maybe two or three weeks ago when I got a couple of messages on Saturday saying, is, is Johnson gone? Because there were one or two rumours. So I messaged a pal of mine who's got an N at Hibs and he says, no, he's not gone, but he's been told to start winning games. Otherwise, he will be. I was like, okay, that's interesting. You said you don't want him fired prior to either of the games because yes. of the new manager bounce. So I was kind of pleased that he hadn't gone uh, he's still there. I hope that we can put the final nail in his coffin as far mm-hmm. as let's get him gone. But look, I hope he stays, if I'm brutally honest, because I don't think they're very good. But I'm I'm cautious of the fact that there's a cup tie around yeah. the corner at Easter Road. And I don't want to get too kind of cocky or anything like that because it just comes back to bite you in yeah. this fixture. But I'm happy that hearts are where they are. And the way that the club is run and the hibs are where they are and the way that club is run right now. And I know which one is run better.
0: Of course. But ultimately, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. The cup game and we won't talk about it yet because it's a few we've got a few games before then. But the cup game's a one off and no matter how bad one team is or how much better the other team is, you know you know, an off day for one uh, a big red card or whatever happens and yeah i would just be i would like him to be in position because i think even yes. when a new even when a new manager or a a change of manager doesn't work out there's often almost always some little reaction initially yes. even if it's just because teams don't know what to expect because it's a Caretaker, or it's a new manager in place. So, yeah, well, we'll obviously keep an eye on that because there's a few games. So he may well be gone by the cup game. He may,
2: he may, he may well not be. Uh, by, by the way, I think it's an interesting one because they go to Motherwell live on Sky this weekend. I think, and they mm-hmm. get down to United before they face us. I think it, if you know, and I don't know if if the owners Ron Gordon and and the rest of the the kind of ownership team, um, if they know that they're going to get rid of him because. The longer you wait in January, say I mean Johnson's going to says he's going to get rid of this, that, and the other thing, and he wants to bring players in.
0: You kind of have to either commit to him now yeah. or Correct. commit to getting rid of him now because he's going to have right. to make sinus.
2: If if we as in Hearts are victorious in the Scottish Cup, which I hope we are, um, there's only two more games for yeah. them: um, home to Aberdeen and away to Ross County. And if they get rid of them after the Hearts game. Then you're basically saying to someone who's coming in, well, that's his players. See what you can do with them. Same guys that got you into the shit. So I I, I don't know. And I don't really, I probably spent too long talking about it. But yes, it's, probably it's, have. 40, it's a harsh podcast. I get that. But, I, it, but we're it's talking somewhat, about
0: his misery. So that's okay. Yeah.
2: And it's, it's somewhat <laughs> pleasing that we can sit here, but with caution, given the cup tie just around the corner.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, let's let's move on from Hibs and we'll, we'll we'll talk a bit more about the actual game itself.
1: Picked up by McCurdy, still inside the Hearts half. Has to go back the way to Fish. who has been pressed by Kami Devlin. Good tackle by Devlin. And Devils skipped it in. Junelli with a chance for Hearts here in the box. low angle to the it. yes, yes. And it's first. blood to Hearts in the derby? It's a disaster at the back for Hibs. Well, fish wanted far too long on it. Higney pounced. His shot was blocked by Marshall, but there's Lauren Shankland with his 17th of the season to just prod the ball home. hart have leading one, and nil. But it will be Shankland against Marshall, and a chance to double Hearts' lead here with eight minutes left in the first half. In front of the Hibs fans in the Roseburn stand. Shankland steps up, SCORES! It's 18 for the season for that man, Lawrence Shankland! 10 from 10 from the penalty spot! Marshall went the right way, but he couldn't stop it! And it's Hartham and Lothian too! Hepburnian nil! Oh lovely little nice. dummy by Grant, now nice. Hartz has a chance on the break. Grant looks for Humphreys, could be an on goal here. Stevenson trying to get it! Humphreys oh, in! Yeah. Three now! Oh! Hearts have wrapped it up! Three goals, three points, and more derby misery for Hibernian. It's a burst of pace for Stephen Humphreys who just breezed past Lewis Stevenson and rolls it underneath. Goalkeeper David Marshall. The away end starts to empty, and all three points are staying in Gorgie. Hearts three, Hepsdale.
0: So let's. Let's talk team, uh, first of all, uh, for the game. Hearts uh, still missing a host of players, of course. Uh, unfortunately, Craig Halkett now confirmed to be out for the rest of the season, which is a big blow, although given his recent injury history, unfortunately, I think maybe a few feared the worst when we were waiting for his um, scan results to come back. He joined Craig Gordon, Liam Boyce, Benny Beningame, Peter Haring, Gary mckay um Stephen Kingsley as well, although... We're hopeful that he will return soon, but um, couldn't make it back yet, couldn't pass the relevant concussion protocol, so quite rightly was not involved. Uh, So two changes for the Hearts side that beat St Johnson 3-2 out uh, went uh, Alan Forrest and George Grant, and in came Michael Smith and Barry Mackay. The two changes I suggested would happen thought would be the case, and Mm -hmm. system-wise it was what I think I anticipate as well, which was Xander Clark and Goals, back three of uh, Civic roles, Cochrane, Smith right wing back, Halliday left wing back, Devlin Snodgrass in the centre, and the front three, which you can pick and choose how you want to arrange it because they're very fluid, but Shanklin, Janelli and Mackay uh, interchanging as an attacking force. So I think given the personnel available, I was fairly happy and not really surprised with how Robbie
2: set up. I mean, he had options, but I think that that's the strongest available lineup from the players Hearts had. And the game at St John'son when he made the five changes, that was a case of those that were coming in for a rare appearance, not the goalkeeper because that's obviously a different scenario. But it was a case of okay, let's, let's see what you got. Alan Forrest took the opportunity um, very well. I think George Grant's been fine since game since he, mm-hmm. the, the kind of resumption um, following the World Cup. But that that's the team that that's a team with with what we have available right now that's a team and that's the formation that I'm not saying was expected but probably most of us would have would have gone with
0: indeed hibs were a bit for to work out and when we saw the lineup I have to say I th- I assumed hibs were matching up in a similar shape because they brought Will Fish in who, although I don't know much about him, I know he's a centre back, he's on loan from Manchester United. Um, so they appeared to then have three natural centre backs. I do know that they'd be playing Porteous who was suspended in midfield, but um, looked like they were maybe trying to match up. However, the word we got from the Hibs um, media team was that it would be a 4-2-3-1 and they were pl- playing Will Fish out of position. So a 19 year old making his first start uh Played on the right of defence, which is not his familiar position, which seemed strange, I have to say, and um, maybe even more strange when you get to eight minutes in. Um, Hibbs actually started okay the first few minutes. I wondered how they approach it. They they, they tried yeah, yeah. to they tried to press hearts in certain areas, so they got up the park early on. I mean, they did, looked like they were lacking in you know any real quality, especially in the final third. But they were getting to some decent areas. However. Eighth minute, and um, someone who well, maybe speak about it a bit actually thought didn't have a great game. Uh, one of those, uh, did you mention it in the group? Possibly uh, off the ball, Carrie Devlin, fantastic, great. On the ball, terrible. Uh, oh, Mark.
2: after uh, after his wonderful piece of retrieval and tackle to set up the first goal, had a dreadful first half. Yeah. I, I think it was just adrenaline because his, yeah. his simple passes were overhit. There was a couple of them. You just thought, Jesus boy, come on.
0: He's like the um, he's like the polar opposite of Robert Snodgrass. You know, Cammy Devlin, who's just like ah
2: ah ah chase 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 tackle
0: tackle 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 come on come on, go on close, down, close down close down close down. And Snodgrass is standing. Cal- calm, down. Pick that
2: pass. Pick. I that was pass. I, would, I, I was earlier, I was thinking earlier. I was listening to last week's episode where I was out and about this morning, dropping my daughter at school, and I I thought Jim Bet. That's what I thought with regards to Robert Snodgrass. Um, just a, a bit before a my time,
0: but I do know him. I do do know who. He was as a yeah.
2: player, and I think Snodgrass has got more now than Jim Bet had when he was at Hearts. But just a player that you just silky footballer. You could give him the ball, and you knew he'd take care of it. But I couldn't remember. Now that you've mentioned, obviously Cammy being the Tasmanian Devil, even although that's where Natty's from, uh, alongside Snodgrass, I'm trying to think if we had someone alongside Jim Bet back then. I'll have a little look. But I mean, I watched. Was it the Dundee United game? Obviously, I watched all the games, but I watched them back again, uh, and it was Devlin that put the through ball for for Michael Smith, and mm-hmm. it, it, it's just—I don't know if he gets caught up in it. I love that kid. I absolutely adore that kid, and the the enthusiasm, and it cannot help but rub off on his teammates. He's he's just—he's the the effervescent vitamin C tablet. And the football club is the water. And you put the two together and it just goes <laughs> and just explodes everywhere. But sometimes he just needs to call canny a wee bit. And um, let's, I mean, there were a couple of times it just needed a little nine iron through or a wee wedge over the top. And he bloody sends a 350 yard <laughs> drive. That, you're like, no, come on, calm down. But you know what? He doesn't hide. He doesn't hide it if he, if he screws up. Next I give me it back. Give me it back.
0: Love that kid. And he does terrifically for this. Will Fish um is taking too long with it. Kami Devlin comes in with a great slide tackle. And then Fish, who it maybe sums up someone who's a teenager out of position, who's not had a lot of game time, just expecting the ball to be allowed to roll out early on in a derby. I mean, that's just mate, that's not what happens. You get no time.
2: And I keep looking Devlin, at the replays people looking at the replays of that and think the ball's actually going to run out. Devon yeah. does so well, doesn't he? He does
0: really well to hook his leg around and, and get the tackling and keep it in play. Um, Ginelli picks up, um, hits a shot on the angle, which David Marshall blocks. And there's uh, our man Lawrence Shankland, alert mm. as ever, just to stab the ball home and send Tyne Castle into raptures. And just exactly what you would have wanted in a game like this. Don't let Hibs get a foothold into They're the ones lacking in confidence. Get the first goal, and I think it's good to have Shanklin scoring from open play as well. As much as, you know, penalties count and you've got to stick them away, shows he does still have that striking instinct when the ball falls his way as well.
2: I was lucky enough to see a lot of John Robertson. Not all of John Robertson, there are older Hearts fans than me that probably would have seen all of John Robertson, and they're the luckiest ones. And then going back, our fathers, or grandfathers, would have seen the the trio of Cornbold and Wardhaw. Just to have a fox in the box... That's as close as we've had to Robbo that I can remember. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think there's been anybody there. Guys like um we had Gary Wales on and, and and others, they came to life in the box. Um, and, and Gary was was certainly someone that would that would come short. Um but as far as goal scorers are concerned, I mean Kyle Lafferty came close to the twenty, not just a different type of player. Mark devries very different type of player. Robbo was put in the box and he comes to life. And that's what Shanklin does. He just... I don't even know if he was favourite when Marshall saves from Josh Ginelli. But he made himself favourite because that's what good strikers do. And he put the ball in the back of the net. What a start. And what a noise, by the way. I yeah. watched um, Aaron Fraser um, on on Twitter put a video blog about the Gorgie Ultras. And they, they have made such a difference... Yeah. To the atmosphere at games. This is a game that didn't require additional groups or whatever. But it just, but they have they have been fantastic, and I watched them with their walk um, to 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 the ground before the game with the noise where they they, they kind of sit. Uh, is that still Section N all the way to the back? That part yeah, of, they're
0: kind uh, of the on the whole they seem to be kind of um, higher up in Section N. Yes. But, um, but it's
2: still Section it, N. It's not like the old one where Section N was just the front, the old family enclosure, and then I don't know what section was behind them in the main stand. But uh yeah, they have just been they've been great for the football club as far as atmosphere is concerned. Uh even Ryan McGowan mentioned that at Perth, said they were just singing non-stop, and 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 th- this is an atmosphere that um that you you're pretty much guaranteed as long as it's kind of pre-game or at nil-nil, if you go behind, it's slightly different because most of the noise is coming from the way end. But when, when the goal is scored, there's just that, that noise. That, that yeah. n- There's something special about a Time castle noise when a goal is scored by hearts in a big game.
0: Yeah, brilliant atmosphere. I actually had to tell the director in the studio to turn the stadium noise down in my headset. I was like, I can't hear myself. Turn it down. <laughs> Um, but yeah, a, a cracking atmosphere and a great way to start. And and hearts really had a grip of the game um from this point on in, in the first half. You know, I think they knew they didn't have to try and, you know, bar hips, fire the ball forward quickly. They had enough quality to to work it around, keep possession. I think they had well over sixty percent possession in that first half. And the chances would come and they had the quality in the final third that when the chances did come, they would have a good chance of taking them. And uh Eventually, they would take a second. Um, now, I'll let you um, go into this a little bit more, but it's 31 minutes and eight seconds when Toby civic wow, turns the ball in. So, heart's free kick into the box, not cleared. Cammy Devlin shoots, it ricochets in, it's blocked by a Hibs player. Civic onto it, turns it over the line. 31 minutes and eight seconds when that ball crosses the line. The ball would not cross the line... Again, as in when Shanklin puts it past him from the penalty spot. So when Shanklin hits the penalty, it's 37 minutes and 11 seconds. It's more than six minutes later wow. by the time that Shanklin takes the penalty. Now, it'll be interesting to get your thoughts because you were obviously watching at home. I was uh-huh. trying to watch in the stadium. It, it, maybe it was actually easier for you, I think. It probably goes in order of it's, you get a better idea of what's going on, then maybe me and then the poor suckers who are in the ground, <laughs> the ones who have no idea. <laughs>
2: I have spoken before on this podcast about the um, the save draft technique. When you write something and you're maybe not sure, or you've had a drink and you've composed something, but you're not 100% sure if you should send it. So I've got a tweet that I was about to send, but I didn't. Okay. And I saved draft. Okay, Referee Kevin Clancy has made an absolute arse of that. He gave a foul for Hibbs. For what? Two question marks. Having missed a handball, denying a goal-bound shot. Did he blow his whistle before or after the ball ended up in the back of the net? Now, that was composed straight after the ball ended up in the back of the net from Toby Sivik. So, it was before I knew that they were looking for an offside by Toby Sivik. It was before I knew, and I still don't know why or what he has seen, that was meritorious of a a free kick to Hibernian. Mm-hmm. So I think the the correct decision has been reached, but I think the referee is a lucky boy that they had time to, to sort out. Of, you've just mentioned how long was was taken. Um the handball occurs after sorry, the handball occurs just before Toby Civic as Toby Civic who would have been in an offside position, as long as it's the same phase, or part of the same phase, puts the ball in the back of the net, the handball's already taken place. So that w- could explain the penalty. I've seen one or two different viewpoints from ex-refs and, and fans with regards to whether the ball was goal-bound um, when Rocky Bashiri handled it, because if it was and there was no deflection or it didn't come up off anybody else, it should be a red card. So... I think they've probably just about got it right, but I, I think you got out of jail because there's no foul in there and we go 2-0 up with another good penalty.
0: Yeah, and as a slight sidebar, um, obviously I had a bit of a rant on Twitter and on the last podcast about added time and it's you know, the one of the basics. You're just adding up the time. It's not an interpretation of subjective thing really. It's just how much time should be added. That stoppage alone was six minutes. There was what only four minutes added at the end of the was first half. Four time. minutes, wasn't it? Um, so, and we had two goals. We, you know, we had, so we had a goal, um, the opening goal, had that goal. Uh, the, you know, you usually get what? Customary one minute at the end of a half? It's very rarely just bang on 45. So you'd be looking at minimum seven minutes should have been added, but that's four it's just it's just little things like that just they just niggle at me because i'm like well if you can't get that right how do you get the hard ones right i think what you're saying and i did say in too, is like in fairness i think they get to the right call um and to be fair as well what it did say in the ground which may be confused but <laughs> thankfully when i eventually got a replay i could kind of work out so first they said checking for offside. so what they're doing is they're checking if they can let the sibit goal stand
2: um, which is fine that, that, which, the, is, yeah, which the, is fine because the, the question is the Cibic offside
0: do. when I saw the replay I was like I think Civic is off I don't think he to
2: give the goal Um so was sure he enough, active in that phase
0: but that's the yeah and then then it comes up checking handball and then I realised okay and now, now what they're doing is they're checking for the handball because that happened before Civic became active because it's a shot on goal it, if that goes in it doesn't matter about Civic, does it because he's not blocking Marshall's view he's not challenging Bushiri and then when you see the replay, I was a bit frustrated with the length of time with the handball element because as soon as I actually got a replay I was like, oh, it's a penalty it's categorically a penalty, so unless like you say he was checking whether it's a red card, and I think if you err on the side of caution as a referee it does deflect up before it hits Bushiri, so I think at first when I saw it I was like, he's got to go because he's diving, he's basically saved it
2: mm-hmm. but
0: there is a deflection before. So I think a lot of referees would have given him a red there. I think he's a bit fortunate. But it's that's when it becomes a bit subjective, isn't it? Uh, it is.
2: What, what I would say with regards to the timing, I, I thought it was ridiculous at Tanadice how long it took them to resolve various things, Um, the two screw-ups for the penalties. With this... It was a bit um, more complicated, to be fair. It, it, correct. And I think you've just explained it very well. And I thought you explained it well in commentary as well. I think there are four things at least that they have to check here. And I think they've probably got it right. Um, you've got to remember as well, It's as, as we were speaking about with Des last week, it's a setup in Scottish football that it's not top shelf. It's um, it's bargain basement with yeah. regards to the equipment that they're having to deal with. So, I I can understand this more, and they came to the right conclusion because they probably had four or five things that they have to check here than just a, sometimes this season we've just seen. I mean, looking back now, having an argument in a WhatsApp group, not me, but a pal of mine is to a Celtic fan. Celtic fans just moaning about this, that, no. oh. the world's against us. Give it a break. Um, I think the only one they've really been done by this season, I think they should have had a penalty against Hearts with Harps. Yeah, Spence, the Michael one. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably, I mean, they, I haven't seen absolutely every game or every incident or whatever. But, that, but see, that's, that's the that, problem,
0: is we can sit here, and I think, not that it justifies us, but we can sit here pretty balanced and go, yeah, Celtic should have had a penalty there. And sometimes we'll go, "Hearts were hard done by there. I find with a lot of Celtic fans, this they can't be balanced. They can't even see it when it goes their way. That's why it's it's, it's actually terrifying at times. Sometimes just how how much they're blinkered.
2: But you know, you know the weird thing is with regards to the Michael Smith handball. That was one of the quickest decisions made by the video assistant referee this season. It was like yeah. like no, nope, when it probably should have taken a little bit longer, and they and they got to the wrong decision. So I think if
0: that happens well, now, it's a penalty. I think it was still oh,
2: 100%. It's a quite
0: early. They seem to have dug themselves a handball hole now, isn't it? It's like <laughs> Um <laughs> But yeah, the time was it, it's it's a it's a bloody nightmare in commentary, especially when you know we've got audio only So much only. waiting around. Yeah. yeah we've got audio only subscribers we as well. Talking. So t- mm-hmm. TV, at least there's they can see yep. replays and stuff. You know, we have to try and explain to people who are only listening. And it's like you have to be honest, a bit of a Right now, I do not know um, what's going on. So it is tricky. Prior, it,
2: is, it is very tricky. By the way, prior to the penalty, and I'm, I'm sure chronologically this was something that happened before Hearts went too up, and I wanted to mention it, so apologies for kind of um, changing tact slightly. Mm-hmm. We We must have had at least a 30-pass move from the goalkeeper and because I was like, ooh, we're playing it short from the back and it's Xander Clark, it's not Craig, how much have we done? There must have been about a 30-pass move. Now, this one ended up with our throw over on the far side. I think Michael Smith had it and it, it went off a hips player and went out for a throw. But I, the, the home fans applauded. I just thought it was a wonderful move and it just shows you what players can do with what they've been taught or what they practice in, in training and a little bit of confidence so uh, yeah. apologies for kind of jutting in right now with that I just wanted to ensure that it was mentioned it was a brilliant move it didn't have the end product we were hoping for it ended up in our throw in line with the penalty area over on the main stand side but it was I think every single player in that team including the goalkeeper got a touch of the ball in that move without a hips player touching it so I wanted to, to give that a mention. No.
0: Nope. Very, very worthy mention as well. Eventually, the penalty was given, and Lawrence Shanklin stepped up, and as Lawrence Shanklin does, converted it ten from so, ten from the spot. Eighteen wow. for the season, fifteen in the league. And it's quite incredible when you look at. So you know, it's not. It's been almost twenty-two years since we had. Well, it's, no, so it's been over twenty-two years now since we had more than twenty goals in a season. That was Robbo twenty-two, and he got seventeen in the league. Um, he himself got 19 in 97, Scatchell 18 2012, Lafferty got 19 in 2018. Um, By the moment, Shanklin's already one off being the joint top scorer since 1990. And
2: careful, though, careful. The Marco Negri was on course for of about 60 yeah, goals I... until Sergio Perini hit him in the eye in a squash game.
0: Well, yes, I mean, obviously, part an injury. Um, but, you know, we talked about Craig Gordon, the caps he was going to get. And, you know, obviously, sadly, Probably not going to happen now. However, you know, when you're you, you don't want to keep adding that asterisk. You're just, but every player could get a really bad injury. Um, but yeah, it's just been incredible, and it, again, it sums up Celtic fans. But it's all it's all about them when the SPFL posts the top scoring charts oh, in the ti- league. Oh, it's tiresome, and, isn't it? And, and Shankland top. is top, and Kyogo is they're second, they're and why oh, it's oh. demagogues against us. So the SPFL count assists after goals. Shanklin's got more assists than Kyogo Furuhashi. That's why he is number one in the SPFL goal scoring charts. But no, um, I had to laugh. I, I, saw, I saw that's nice. See him a wee picture of him top of this charts, and all the comments are Celtic fans raging that the conspiracies that. against them for not putting Kyogo Furu. Like well, how how can you get so bent out of shape about something so trivial? <laughs>
2: Oh,
0: please don't get me started. I just want to say them, settled down, love, settled down. Yes, but yeah, let's let's not let's not um, go down their boat and get caught up. With oh something. no, so no. trivial. Um, let's continue with the game. So Hearts two 0 up in uh, cruise control uh, heading to half time. But you've got to say, and this is one man who I you know, we've spoken about before, especially of the RFS game that you were at at Tyncastle, Castle. The turnaround has been fantastic for someone. Again, it shows like you, what you said, what, what difference confidence makes to a player. But again, Cammy Devlin's at fault here. Plays a really poor pass to Toby Simmons. That, that was the drive. That was
2: the 350-yard drive when that needed a little I, yes. a, a four-foot putt.
0: And Ellie Yohan, who's apparently been... I thought he was actually like Hib's best player. And he's he's like been him. very sharp since the restart. He's in one-on-one. This is it's, it's a chance. So it's, it's basically down to whether Xander Clark can stop him or not. There's no way... No anything else is going to stop him here. He's in a a goal. He's looking up. He's going to slide under the keeper. Bang. How has Toby Sibick recovered not only to get back to him but to get a tackle in from that angle to go around the player with his foot and get in? He has to get that spot on. It's a penalty kick otherwise. And if the referee thinks he's never had a chance of the ball, could be a red card. Just fantastic. And it just sums up how far he's come, I think
2: i'm trying to think of the game and if it was the 5-1 DeVries or was it when he scored four immediately when civic got back and he's honestly you he watch the replays just about to pull the trigger and um and out of nowhere comes comes toby civic the the game that I immediately casts my mind back to was didiagat and he was playing for Hibbs at the time, before he went to Celtic, it was it was horrific. and It, it, it was before the, uh, I think it was about 2000. It was at the same end. And you just, like, he's got to score. He has to score. Shit, he's scored. No, he's not scored! Because <laughs> your heart just sank when you saw the, the exoset missile of a pass. Yeah, 45 minute down. as
0: well. You know, it's the, oh, the exact time he wants to get a goal.
2: The, but... Oh, right, exactly. Changes the team talks and everything. And, for those, I don't know, it seemed like an eternity. It was probably only three seconds or something that he's on his way through. You're firstly not thinking, well, Civic will get him because Johan is, is quick. I was like, almost.
0: Maybe... I, I said to Jimmy at halftime, I was almost like, don't ta- don't tackle him. You know, you, you it'll be a penalty and then they'll probably score. And if the ref deems it that you didn't have any hope of getting the ball, he might send you off. It's almost like, mm. I was almost feeling like you've got to let him go. You've just got to let him go and have a shot and hope that the keeper can
2: can um, pull off a save. That could have been anything. Uh, it could have been 2-1 with us down to 10 men, worst case scenario. We got the best case scenario. And, and Toby Civic, I mean, two things came to mind. One was the Didi Agatnes. The second one, and it's different, but it involves a goal-saving tackle, is Robbie Nielsen, come final <laughs> I friend? Knew, huh? I knew you were going to go there, yeah. Yeah, that was the two things that reminded me of.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair. Such a, and it's, and it was great to, great to see it from him as well. Because I thought he was up there with Snodgrass, between him and Snodgrass for man of the match for me. I felt. I
2: think, yeah, I, I think there was maybe I was going to group about five or six players. Ah, yeah, there was far. plenty of plenty of good yeah, performers. Yeah, but Cochrane, Rolls, Civic, uh, I thought handled um, their threat very well. Uh, Snodgrass so there's 5 and and Shankland there's there's 6 that's my 6 um who I thought
0: <laughs> were outstanding but so you're half, it? yeah just no it's just it's just nice to have so many potential candidates for man of the match uh, so 2-0 at halftime. Uh, everything rosy uh things looking good for hearts uh second half and again you know Hibs, try and come back into it and this is it's one of these things, and I said it in the St. Johnson game as well, I know people get frustrated, and yet you can talk about personnel changes because one of the big things that works against us a little in the second half is we have to take Halliday and Smith off, both at the same time as well, who both have been very solid, um, especially defensively in their wing-back positions. Forrest came on at right wing-back, who's a good player going forward. He's not the most defensive player. And Nathaniel Atkinson, who you know we still have doubts over, and he was also on the wrong side. He was on the left side, so not his natural side. So it's a bit of a reshuffle. And I thought, you know, if I'm Hebs, you've got to try and expose those areas. And to be fair, they tried to do it again. I think they're lacking in quality in the final third. They're lacking in confidence. But it's just sometimes a natural consequence of a game. And I know we've spoken to players about this. We've spoken to Ryan and other footballers about it. You know, sometimes fans watch a game and you think, because you're getting pushed back and team are getting territory, you know, they weren't battering down the door but they were getting in dangerous positions and they were certainly much better in the second half a team's winning 2-0 it's almost a natural thing that they well, they don't press as much and the other team have to press more, so that's just sometimes the way a game goes I think isn't it it's not necessarily a tactical thing that someone's clicked a button to go right, we've gone from attack into defend mode, do it It's. I think it's just the way sometimes a, a game goes and yeah you can criticise maybe Personnel changes, could have done something different to change the shape. I thought when the changes got made, the natural thing to do would put Cochrane to left back and go with a four. But Robbie obviously was was keen to stick with the shape that he likes. So you don't know, maybe that change Mm. would have made things worse.
2: When I mentioned earlier dropping off my daughter this morning at school and listening to last week's podcast, and you were talking about 2-0. And then the, that that lead, and I'd said I, I don't like the the phrase of it being a dangerous lead because it's it's not if you're if you're careful, it's but not dangerous. I, it's just a hard
0: position. because well, The other team are going to attack you. You've got no, to I, go lead.
2: I know, yeah. I know. I, I, and I was also thinking, what phrase could you use um, for for the two nil lead that, that happens at, at halftime? I think I think your summation there was was absolutely spot on. The natural consequence. Of a game, that's the phrase that you used. You've come up with that myself, actually. You did. Well, you, so and so I've, I've I've, I've, no, <laughs> I haven't heard it before, but it just it resonates because it's it's spot on. It's 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 your subconscious, and they. You, how many times I'm trying to think about an analogy or a a, a good example. Um, sometimes you just think fuck it, and you you you. It's ca- throw caution to the wind, and you don't think about the consequences because something annoying or bad has happened. You're trying to get back into something or or whatever, and you just you just do it. Now your subconscious can take over, and you can kind of think to know. I don't I don't think that's what it is. I, I think it's it's one team just thinking we've got nothing to lose now. Yeah. Whether it was St Johnston or whether it was Aberdeen as well, you kind of know. And yeah. I was thinking I was thinking straight after that miss, or the tackle, it wasn't a miss, it's like a penalty that's missed when it's saved. Once that is, I'm, I, I was wondering to myself, what's, what's Robbie going to say to the players at halftime? And I would kind of have thought, let's reset. Forget the fact that you're 2-0 up. You yeah. know they're going to come out. You know that they're going to take chances and, and they're going to play with kind of gay abandon, as they used to say. So just pretend you've got to be up for it. You you can't rest I'm trying to think how many uh how many phrases that we can get in here.
0: How many cliches can oh, we that's what I was can... For.
2: How many cliches? Yeah. But at at 2 0. Um or you know idioms. that there's
0: idioms. Okay.
2: That takes me back to that time when we had um was it an acronym or an initialism? <laughs> we went back acronym? to school yeah, that day. But at 2 0 well, it's, it's initial
0: it... initialism.
2: Mm. Anyway, sorry. But, but at two, you, at two nil you. you are stop being me. It's really annoying seeing me. See? Um at, at 2 0 you're thinking uh, you know what's what's coming from them. So how do you how do you counter that, basically? Because the same from you that got you into that position might not have the same outcome because you're not going to get the same, or you're unlikely to get the same from them. There's different types of games. Whereby at half time, hearts were pretty comfortable. I thought they thoroughly deserved the lead, and that nonsense that John Collins was talking about in sports sound afterwards. I'm glad Michael Stewart put him into his place. But you get a lead at half time, and you're playing against a side that isn't shanked. They're all right, Hebs. They're not shanked they are alright hibs they are not it's not like cow and beef. And I don't know what the score was at halftime of the ten nil game, but you knew it was going to be more of the same, right? Because they were limited. They didn't have anything. And you knew it was just going to be one way traffic. That wasn't the case here. It wasn't the case against St. Johnston. So you know that you're going to have to 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 weather the storm a little bit. And I thought Hearts weathered the storm very well. I thought everybody played a part.
0: They certainly did. And that's and I should say shoot a caveat. That's not to say that sometimes we've not been too defensive when leading. I think at times, oh, there, have have been, been, 100%. Th- there have been games, especially with a one-goal lead, which I feel can be a little bit more dangerous. If you're on top and you lean 1-0, I think Robbie has in the past. There have been certain games where I feel like he's taken the foot off the gas and he's got us a little bit more defensive. It's not to say that categorically every time I'm saying it's just the way a game goes. But sometimes, especially at 2-0, it can happen.
2: Um, I don't think that's deserved criticism. You said something last week on the podcast to those that were saying, oh, Robbie Nielsen goes all defensive when he goes 2-0 up. You were saying, because you saw him from your position at McDermott Park in the commentary in the main stand, that he was absolutely livid yeah. at Hearts. Was that because they were dropping in? Was that because they just um, got deeper? Or whatever it was, it wasn't a case of ever 2-0. That wasn't one of those instances. And I don't think this was either. I don't. But, Hibbs,
0: were improved in the second half. Um, big say for Xander Clark. Just before the 70th minute, it's a, it would have been the most fortunate goal I've ever seen if it had gone in. But it's Alex Cochran trying to clear, and it just smashes against Joe Newell. And this is a really good reaction for Xander Clark because obviously he's not expecting a shot at this point. It's not with the Hibs player. The Hearts defender has it to clear it, um, but it comes flying back towards him, and he gets a hand up, really strong hand to,
2: to really reflexes.
0: Um And he'll make another couple of good saves later on as well after a good run by Chris Cadden. Um, double save from McGuinness before Rose clears it. And I think it's really good to see him settling in because I guess that was one of the small concerns I had. I know he's a good goalkeeper, but so much time without that match action. You know, it's does it's not really about fitness for a goalkeeper. It's about your reflexes, your reactions, yes. it's about being sharp. But I think he's certainly shown in in the time he's played so far that he's he's still got that sharpness.
2: He's a number one who was a number two, quite simply. It's like Miami Dolphins in the NFL, you need a good backup quarterback, right? Tua tonga Violo has gone down two or three times this season, unfortunately, with concussion. Teddy Bridgewater has been a number one for others. He's not a bad backup quarterback. He went down Brookie's pinky the weekend. And Dolphins is my team. And and the Dolphins went on to, to lose the game against the Patriots. And you kind of thought, once the second string quarterback went down and it was a seventh round rookie um, that that came in as as the third quarterback, that's when you knew you were in trouble. But to go from one to two was okay. It was fine. Of course, there's going to be some sort of a drop-off. Otherwise, number two would be number one. But to have ability as a backup, and not everyone's wanting to play second fiddle. That's the difficulty about getting a good backup. You can't promise them much action. You might say yeah. to them, I can give you some cup ties or whatever, but when the goalie's fit, the goalie plays as he should. He's the best in Scotland, one of the best in Britain, Craig Gordon. But I don't know how they were able to do it. I don't know what his deal was. I think it, I think it must have been sold that you're the future. Yeah, you thirty you'll right take right over. Now. You'll take Craig. over. You just have to be patient. That's not a bad incentive. Okay, I'm up for that. Massive club. Like that, won the double at St. Johnston as far as the two cups are concerned. Decent goalkeeper, did very well against Hibbs playing for them. That was a really good signing to get Xander Clark. Didn't think he'd need to be used this season, but now here he is, and what a performance! And even the Hearts fans got that little ditty in singing his name already.
0: Indeed, so Xander Clark on form. And there was still more to come for Hearts. Uh, a bit of a comical moment for um, Rocky Bushidi in the 74th minute when he managed not to himself. make himself with a header, yeah, which is good. pretty damn impressive. Before the moment I mentioned where Clark has a double save from McGuinness and Kai Rolls clears off the line. Uh, 94th minute though, game a little bit stretched. We've got seven minutes of of time added on. Game into the closing <laughs> stages. and um, I know what's
2: coming next. I know what's coming next from you. What? Positioning of the goalkeeper.
0: Well, we well, have yeah, a few things to talk about. First of all, George Grant is brilliantly in the build-up. He does. He's come off the bench. Lovely dummy. Mm-hmm. Threads the ball through. I have to say, I think when you hear my comment of it, you could hear the sudden surprise slash excitement because when he plays the ball through it, it's an okay ball, but you see... Nah, there's two hips defenders closer to it the it's probably been overhead that's that. what you're thinking uh, yeah you're thinking ah, uh, it's not gonna come to anything because at first i'm thinking stevenson will get it then i'm like ah, oh, that's marshall can come and get that and then suddenly as he closes in you're like oh wait none of them are gonna get it. He's, he's he's run past him it, it was like a it was like a hollywood film where there's this unrealistic turn of pace by someone in like a key moment in a race or a sporting like, event like, 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 a,
2: like a Toby Sumick chasing down Ellie Yuan.
0: <laughs> yeah, he just suddenly storms past him it's almost like comical you know, you could see like if you just saw their upper half, you Stevenson really trying hard to run and he looks around and there's Stephen Humphreys just barely moving and he speeds past him. Humphreys um, is quick though. He is quick uh, but they'll know that and yeah, and he slides the ball into the net and I I thought Marshall should have come for it at the time, but it wasn't until I looked at the replay when I got home that I kind of started chuckling to it because I, I think he's obviously maybe looking to get a back pass. So he kind of leaves his goal initially because he's trying to get to the angle that the defender can play it to his right foot away from the goal. But I just don't <laughs> he plays with he plays with Lewis Stevenson, who's 34 now and he wasn't quick when he was 24. Um I feel like it was a bit of a bad anticipation from him. Then he doesn't come off, it's it's like it, Eight or nine yards from goal by the time Humphreys gets there to hit it in first time, and he's still not leaving his line. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Patrick Schick is um, still terrori- <laughs> terrorizing David Marshall's <laughs> dreams. Very good, but it was just a comical moment. But we'll take it, you know, a wonderful moment. And I think a lot of people had a feeling that Stephen Humphreys might come on and grab himself a goal. It's great to have him back, you know, especially with so many players out injured. And it was just a nice way to end it because although we were. Heading for a victory at that point, anyway, um, it just adds a bit more gloss. You know, when you've been two 0 up. Um, don't don't get me wrong; everyone would have been celebrating and enjoying it, but kind of would have had that feeling of, "Ugh!" But we kind of let them have the better of the second half, and we didn't add to it. But that just did add to it, and it's a, now it's the biggest derby win since a certain one just over ten years ago that we won't mention mm-hmm. because the person who likes us to mention it isn't on, so we don't it doesn't get a mention.
2: I'll mention it. We beat Hibs 5-1 in the cup final. I'll oh. take any opportunity to... Min- don't ever get in a situation where we don't mention that game. That is the <laughs> biggest humiliation for Hibernian Football Club in that club's history. That should be mentioned. And there's, and, and people, there's been a few... To, lo- to get your knickers pulled down and your arse spanked in front of a nationwide audience against your biggest rivals, that's... I'm sorry, that's... Glad you
0: went with spanked. Glad you went with spanked.
2: But I'll I'll take any opportunity to mention that. Yeah, so so 10 and a half years since either side won by by more than two goals. You're spot on with what you say. It would have been it would have been a nice. What was it Monday evening? I think the game was on. I don't know. I don't even know what day it is just
0: now. It was a three o'clock bizarrely, but just uh, three o'clock Monday, on a Monday. Monday. Yeah,
2: yes. but you're right. It would have been. Yeah, that was that was fine, and a lot of the talk would have been yeah, the second half and. Because that's what we are—we're we're, we're negative football fans. We all. Th- there was no negatives to focus on when when Humphrey scored the third, and it was just like <laughs> a good night has just become a great night.
0: Yes, you know it's a uh, you know it's a good derby when the fire drill eventually does happen in the Roseburn stand, and suddenly <laughs> you see all those maroon seats quickly appearing before. Look at full you coming time. up
2: with all the lines today? Goodness me, it's is. Just... Is really? this the same? lot of is this your your twenty twenty three resolution? Oh, to what to what? Some, re- some really good lines.
0: Well, I say, like usually just come out with shite. Is that what you are saying.
2: No, you, your are <laughs> <you're> qual- <laughs> It's it's more quality today than quantity from you.
0: All right, okay. Um, so full time, 3-0 win for Hearts, an eighth Edinburgh derby without defeat, and just one win in eleven derbies now for in, and yeah, two wins in their last 11 games. Nine defeats in those 11 games for Hibs. It's just one defeat and eight for Hearts. Suddenly things looking rosy. Five points ahead in third place. I know people are saying a game in hand over Aberdeen, which is correct. However, we should probably look in at Submirren Moore, who are also five points behind and have a game in hand over us. At this point, Aberdeen are starting to look like uh, they're in free fall.
2: Yeah, that game is at Motherwell for St. Maryam, which isn't easy. What, what there seems to be a tendency is the teams in the chasing middle of the pack. I don't know what they're chasing, but that, the, the kind of middle group of, of teams. If you put a draw, bearing in mind a draw every week is usually more than two to one on the coupon. That's how you'll you'll do all right, because there's so many draws. Was it four of six or three of six? at least half of the games played at the weekend or on Monday were draws because it's so tight there. It, it really is. And I'm actually just looking back at um, at the, the, the league table prior to the World Cup and a, a, a combination of us finding form and an absolute capitulation from Aberdeen and other teams. I mean, that's, I think that's beyond anybody's wildest dreams if you'd said to them two or three games before the World Cup break that you'd be in a position that we are now. I mean, that's that's fantastic. But you know, one of the best things about Robbie Nielsen's interview after the game, as much as he was delighted with the win and especially delighted for the fans because they're going to have a, a new year to, to remember, a night to, to enjoy and everything like that. He said, that this is for them. He said, but for the players it's all about St Mirren now. He said, well, we'll enjoy it today, but we've got these two big games coming up against St Mirren, When, never mind however many points we are now clear in, in third, this is about continuing to build on momentum and increasing that lead so that before the end of the season, like last year, we're in a position that hopefully third place can be wrapped up. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't want I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but I liked what, what Robbie Nielsen said there, and he made it seem like that was for the fans, which it was, and it, it was. You don't want to lose a new, any derby, but especially a New Year derby. But he said for for the players, as far as we're concerned, yeah, it's a good three points. But he he didn't put it on a pedestal for the players. He told them the importance of the game, and and. The, This was always a a good debate among Hearts fans about which managers kind of put added focus and added importance on Edinburgh derbies and which managers would kind of just say, it's just another game. For Robbie, it's not another game, it's a derby. He knows the importance of it. He gets it, he's been in enough now. He could do with winning at Easter Road. That's probably the only thing that Robbie Nielsen doesn't have that he would want is a win at Easter Road, and he's got a chance to do so in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, before the World Cup break, so just four matches ago uh, for Hearts, they were four points behind Aberdeen with the same games played. Wow. They are now difference. points clear of Aberdeen with a game in hand. Aberdeen had a goal difference of six at that point. Hearts were minus one. And obviously now, now Hearts have a goal difference of plus five and Aberdeen plus one at the moment, I think it is. Um, So, a bit of a turnaround in those stakes, and Hearts are also, what's, eight points ahead of Hibs now? At that point, they were just one yeah. ahead of wow. Hibs, so it's been a- what?
2: Honestly, what a start. What, what, a, what a resumption since the World Cup. I don't know what they did at training, but they had a lot of them there, whatever he's worked on. Just, it, we couldn't have asked for a much better um, spell. Because you could say, oh, we should have won it, or we could have won it at or whatever. no. Let's let's get a bigger picture here. That draw at Tanadise, coupled with Aberdeen's poor form. I mean, that is a huge, huge turnaround. Aberdeen have lost four of their last five. We're unbeaten in our last five. So, yeah, you can look at the fixtures ahead and go, well, that's not a bad fixture, that's not a bad fixture or whatever. That's why I was pleased with Robbie Nielsen coming out and saying, okay, fine, we move on. And that's the way it should be.
0: Indeed. Big win for hearts and we all move on
1: Forrest Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk.
2: Right. you want a quiz? <laughs> just for <laughs> Funny you speak about a quiz, because there's a, a a clip that's doing the rounds right now. Which Scottish football team plays at a stadium with a name meaning Dung Heap? And the person Aberdeen. has answered Rangers. That's <laughs> already, <Aberdeen>, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And now the Celtic fans are going, ah, oh, look at it. <laughs> Oh, we love points scoring. Petty points scoring is the best. A quiz about 2022. Yes. Ooh. Okay, okay. So
0: this is a, effectively a stats-based quiz of 2022. Oh, so I've got to thank Davey Allen uh, of London Hearts and the Hearts Museum who who gave me the stats. Because one thing about the calendar year is it's sometimes difficult to collate them because obviously it's half of two seasons put together. Mm-hmm. So most of the stats you see are by season. But he's given me the 2022 stats. So I've got 10 questions and they're all based on... The calendar year. Oh, so competitive so Hearts games in the calendar year of 2020. Okay, okay, okay. So what I'll do, I'll give you... Um, don't don't shout the answer out because, again, if people are listening and they want to play along, it gives them a chance to think about it. So I'll go through each one, think about your answer, and then I'll come back through them all. Okay? okay. Give people a chance to play along. So this is difficult on a
2: scale of 1 to 10 would you say this quiz is? Uh,
0: some questions are a 10. Some... Um, some were more like a three and a four. So some questions, I think you should get some. Uh, you're going to have to take a stab in the dark. At okay, re- okay, okay. Question one. Mm-hmm. Apart from Tynecastle, mm-hmm. where did Hearts play most competitive games in 2022? Ooh. So obviously Tyne Castle be the most. Apart from Tyne Castle. now was it a Easter Road, b Tannadice? Or C, Ibrox again, everyone bearing in mind this is 2022, so this is from mm-hmm. 1st of January 2022 till the 31st of January 2022, so that's half of uh last season and the first half of this season. So,
2: so and the, and the three options are
0: Easter Road, okay, Canada's,
2: okay, or Ibrox. Okay, All right, I've got okay. my answer for that, but I'll keep quiet.
0: Okay, question two apart from Lawrence Shankland. Who mm-hmm. scored the most goals For Hearts oh. in 2022 And again this is competitive goals So I, I, I'm going to give you A, B or C again So A, okay. Ellis Sims oh. B, Liam Boyce Or C, Andy Halliday So oh, that's Caesar a rascal Most goals oh. in the calendar year of 2022 Sims, Boyce, Halliday Okay. Question 3. Mm-hmm. Who scored the most goals against Hearts in 2022? So this is individual players who scored the most against Hearts in competitive matches in 2022. So I've got A, Georgios Yakamakis, obviously of Celtic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: B, Stephen Fletcher of Dundee United or C, Alfredo Morelos of Rangers. Mm-hmm. So, most goals in 2022 against Hearts. Yakamakis, Fletcher, or Morelos? Question four. Mm -hmm. Who made the most appearances for Hearts in 2022? So, again, this is competitive appearances for Hearts in 2022. Was it A, Craig Gordon, B, Barry Mackay, or C, Alex Cochran.
2: And these these just have to be, you could have played a minute and you get the same... Appearances. Appearance. This is not starts. Okay. This is gotcha. just gotcha. appearances.
0: So Gordon, okay. Mackay or Cochran. Question five. Who made the most sub appearances for Hearts in 2022? A, Josh Ginelli. B, Andy Halliday. Or C, Peter Haring. So this is the most appearances from the bench, and again, competitive matches. They all, all questions are competitive matches. So most appearances from the bench: Janelli, Halliday, or
2: Haring. Right? Can can I uh, can I ask a favour? Can you now give the? Can you do the next five after you've given the answers to the first five?
0: Sure. Why not? Yeah, it doesn't affect them. So we're halfway through. Okay. So we'll, we'll we'll give you the first half. Okay. The quest. okay, so question okay. one was apart yes. from Castle yes. where did Hearts play most competitive games in 2022?
2: Easter Road, Tannadice, Ibrox. Tannadice, I believe, because we played them away from home after the split. Mm, well
0: done. Very good. It was Tannadice. Uh, we played there three times, a two-two draw in March 2022, um, then a three-two win the following month in April, and then another. draw just passed in uh, December 24th on Christmas Eve. So yes, you're correct. Tanadice is the right answer. Yay. Okay. Uh, Question 2. Apart from Lawrence Shankland, who has scored the most goals for Hearts in 2022? A. Ellis Sims B. Liam Boyce or C. Andy Halliday?
2: I, I think you've just thrown Halliday in there as a oh it might be him and I'm I'm not I'm not going to be I think you're trying to trick me <laughs> uh, Liam Boyce has been out a while one what's your answer I, I, I want to say Boyce but I, I'm going to say Sims Ellis Sims.
0: It's the wrong answer. I, I double, I double bluffed you there.
2: It's Boise
0: No, the answer is Andy it's Halliday. Halliday. Eight goals in twenty twenty two in forty five appearances. Uh, Ellis Sims and Josh Ginelli both have seven in the calendar year. Liam Boyce just six.
2: Oh, what a good question that is! I wonder how many people out there got that right.
0: Well, let, us know. let us know let's know if you got that one right I thought Super you might have question. I thought I might have made it too obvious by throwing like two strikers and then a, then Andy Hall yeah and I was,
2: but... I was I've seen that it's, it's like any time you ever get uh a, a multiple choice where one of the options is all of the above it's always all of the above but, but then <laughs> you get the tricky question masters or mistresses that that throw in something <laughs> like that to make you think and you doubt yourself so good question.
0: Question three: Who scored the most goals against Hearts in 2022? A. Georgios Yakamakis. B. Stephen Fletcher. C. Alfredo
2: Morelos. I'm not again. I'm not having Stephen Fletcher because I don't think it's him. Because well, to be honest, he scored at Tynecastle, and he scored. At uh, Tannadice against Hearts, but Yakamakis scored twice. Morelos scored twice. I'm going to go Alfredo Morelos, but that's wrong.
0: Is the wrong answer. Yes. Yeah. Georgios Yakamakis, four yeah, yeah. goals against Hearts in 2022. Sure got Morelos got three, and Stephen Fletcher was one of 10 players who scored two nice. mm-hmm. against Hearts in the calendar year. Uh, question 4 Who made the most appearances for Hearts in 2022? Craig Gordon, Barry McKay, or Alex Cochran and this is all appearances substitute or super
2: question I'm not going to go the goalie because he missed out at McDermott he missed, did he miss out at McDermott? He missed, well, he missed out for Park so it's between Cochran I, I think it's the other one who was the middle one?
0: Barry Mackay.
2: I think it's Barry Mackay because Barry Mackay, when he's been on the bench, is always, always, nearly always, come on. Barry Mackay.
0: Is a very good shout because that is correct. Oh. Barry Mackay made 49 appearances in 2022. 43 starts, unlike Craig Gordon, who made 46 starts but not as many appearances. Cochrane uh, also made 46 appearances like Gordon, but only 41 starts. So although Gordon made the most starts, Barry Mackay made the most appearances mm. overall. So, yeah, good shot. Well done. Uh, question five, the end of the first half of it. Uh, who made the most substitute appearances for Hearts in 2022? A. Josh Janelli, B. Andy Halliday, or C. Peter Haring?
2: I don't think it's Haring. Uh... Most sub appearances. I'm going to say, you, what was the three again? Sorry, Janelli, Halliday, or I'm going to go Halliday. I'm going to go Halliday. You I'm would be two, wrong. Him and Janelli then, isn't
0: it? Janelli made nineteen you, substitute 19. appearances. Halliday was second in sixteen. Haring made fourteen. So yes, lots of appearances off the bench. For Josh Ginelli. So that's first five questions. Um, you got should two of them. Three. Yeah, you got two, we'll of them. That's annoying. two of them. So, no, not the end of the world, but let's go. Okay. Question six. Um okay. Hearts had a 100% win record against three teams in 2022. This is all competitions. Um, mm-hmm. Can you name the three teams that Hearts won oh. every time they played said teams? this is all competitions as well
2: okay okay if right. it helps then, if it
0: helps only one of the three teams um was in the league
2: yeah I've, i i know one is obviously a cup competition well i the answer of my first answer is a cup competition okay right next
0: okay um hart's biggest win and heaviest defeat uh, in 2022 was the same scoreline What was the score and which teams? So, Hearts' biggest win Mm -hmm. was the same score that their biggest defeat was. Um, I think I got that one, okay. What was that score and who were the two teams? The team that they lost to and the team that they beat. Okay. Question eight. In all competitions, did Hearts win or lose more games in 2022? So, this is all competitive matches across the year. Did they win more? Or did they lose more? Good question. Okay. Across uh, the season, uh no, the season, the year, the calendar year, Lottie. It's the calendar season. year, yep. Um okay, question nine. In the league, did hearts win or lose more games in 2022? So league specifically, did they win or did they lose more games in 2022? Okay. And then finally, question ten. Which hearts players had the best individual win percent in 2022 so sorry this is hearts player i should say so one player which had the most so craig gordon zander clark or aaron mcineff so this is the hearts player who has the best individual win percentage so it doesn't matter how many times he played which has the best individual win percentage of hearts games when they played a craig gordon b zander clark or c aaron mcineff right question six 100% win record against three teams in all competitions.
2: Can you name the teams? Right. One of them's walking like Talbot. Correct. Now, this is a clever question. I think another one is St. Mirren, because we've not played them this season yet.
0: Correct. Two, two games, um, one and both. We haven't played them yet this season, but in 2022, two games, two wins.
2: Now, the one next more. one's a tough one. Is it Motherwell? No, it's not. Fuck. Excuse my French. Remember, I said... Them. Only one of the teams, right? Okay, sorry, sorry, R- rewind. You can edit that out. I didn't swear and I didn't get it wrong. I... So, the other one, so, Livy, we didn't. Does winning on penalties kind of count? No, I said we didn't play the other team in the league. That's what I'm saying. We played Livy in the cup, did we not? But we've played them in the league. Oh, so we, we've only played them in the cup. You've
0: got to, come on. You've got to get this one. You're at one of the bloody games.
2: RFS. <laughs> yes, RFS. Hey, of course,
0: two of games, course. two wins, Oh man away. Oh, I'll give are. you two and a half points there. No, uh, that's three. Come oh, on. I'm going to basically, one. Did, basically shove you over the line there. Um, Hart's biggest win and heaviest defeat was the same score line yes. in 2022. What was the score and uh-huh. which were the two teams?
2: I think it's 4-1, Dundee United and Celtic. No. Oh, what? What? We lost 5-1. Ah, Fiorentina. What? Did Rangers thump us 5-0? They did. So they did.
0: Rangers thumped us 5-0, and we thumped someone who you've already mentioned. 5-0 as well. Them. Them. Auchinleck Talbot, So, Hearts lost to Rangers 5-0 at Ibrox. That was their heaviest defeat in 2022, and they also defeated Auchinleck Talbot 5-0 away from home in the Scottish Cup, which was their biggest win. Uh, question 8. In all competitions, did Hearts win or lose more games in 2022?
2: They won more than
0: they... They didn't. That's kind of a trick a question. Hold,
2: hold, because... hold on. No, no. Hold, re- rewind. I didn't hear that answer. What's the no. question again?
0: No, you know it's a trick question. I was—I just said it. In all competitions, did Hearts win or lose more games in 2022? The answer is neither. It's all of
2: the above. It's none of the above. It's you can't because, have that. You can't give me two options, uh, and it's option three. I want to be. That's a, a fireable f- effect.
0: Yeah, well, they depends you look at it. They won. They won 21 because they beat Livy on penalty kicks.
2: That's
0: um, pish. So they won twenty-one, drew eight, and lost twenty-one. Some stats will say that we won twenty and we drew nine because that game went to penalties. But I like we to count beat that East as Fife
2: away. in a testimonial. We beat Spartans. We beat Bonnerig Rose five. Now we won at Tranmere. Come on, if Black, you're going to be a we dick, were... uh, we anyway, beat you didn't say fine. competitive games. Come on, that's I atrocious behaviour. I
0: said, okay, all of these questions were competitive matches. Anyway, question nine in the league, did they win or did they lose more games in 2022? They won. They did. Well done. You got that correct. They won 15, they drew 8, they
2: lost 13. You've left a bad taste in the mouth now. That Doesn't was unnecessary. Work. Whatever. Okay,
0: last question. we would have done that
2: much. to Ryan, would you? You like Ryan. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I like him, but I would have done it to him, definitely. Um, <laughs> which player has uh, the best individual win percentage playing for oh, Hearts in 2022? Fantastic. Craig Gordon, Xander Clark, or Aaron McInniff.
2: Well, was that, so? Again, I hope you're not being a dick here because Xander Clark's two starts.
0: I'm not being a dick. Be, no, it's appearances. This is any. This is not just right, starts. So Xander,
2: Xander, Xander Clark. So you're counting that as a draw at guys when he came on then. So he would be two wins and a draw. What's that wee rascal MacInniff up to? What when he before he went to Perth? You've not thrown him in just for the sake of it. I. Uh, it's not Craig Gordon. Xander Clark's two wins and a draw. Did MacInniff do better than that? And that's. Am I? I no because my. McInef- McInef couldn't have done. McInf played, like... I just got Come on. Xander Clark.
0: Nope. It's Aaron McInef.
2: Oh, come on.
0: Aaron McInf, uh made 10 appearances in 2022 for Hearts. Four starts, six as a sub. Hearts won seven of the games. They drew one and lost two. So a 70% win ratio for Aaron McInef like when he appeared.
2: Question. Yeah, <laughs> Bad taste
0: in the mouth, and also by the way, Xander Clark was on fifty percent because the Hibs game was twenty twenty three. Oh, so, Craig Halkett was second. Wow, with 50, that's on me fifty seven percent
2: yeah. for Craig it's Halkett. <laughs> so that's on me. Clark wow. and Taylor
0: Moore both had fifty percent. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just I was it was one that I was very surprised at, so I had to throw it in there again. I thought you Good might one. be thrown by me putting Aaron McInneff in there. But there you go. There's a the twenty twenty two. You could throw me
2: trust me. you need <laughs> a help. you need a forklift truck. You ain't throwing oh,
0: You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the nineteen fifties. We're just about at the end of this week's podcast. We'll very briefly have to mention the St Mirren game. Running out of time, as as we probably expected, given we want to lavish praise on Hearts after a Derby win. Uh, St Mirren this weekend, though. And Mark, as I mentioned, this is... this is a You know, you look at the table, potentially, outside of playing the two teams in Glasgow. Toughest fixture that Hearts could get. The team that are directly below them in the table. I know they have an inferior goal difference to Aberdeen, but they've played two less than the Dons unbeaten in five and at home they've won a terrific run of form they're nine unbeaten and they've won seven of uh they've won i should say six of those nine games so a very decent side on a good run of form and hearts will have to be at their best
2: yeah but very similar to the st johnson trip there Hearts record, it was even worse at St. Johnson, because Hearts have won the last twice there. It's also the venue that was our final game before we ended up closing down that season um, for COVID. So that left a bad taste in the mouth. It was the final game before we got demoted. And prior to that, Hearts record in, in Paisley was, was absolutely honking. They hadn't won there. They won there in the cup, I think, in like what 2012 or something. But like the St. Johnson game, hadn't won in the league since since 2010. So certainly some similarities. Looking at St. Mirren's recent games, I think X marks the spot in this one. Um, four. If we were, if all right, let me ask you: two back-to-back games against St. Mirren. I'm giving you four points right now. You got to it. play the game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Right. I would. I think. I would absolutely take a draw on Saturday. That's not to say that I don't think we could we could win, but if you gave me a draw, I would take it. Um, oh, yeah, then, o- only if
2: it, only if it was coupled with a home win. I wouldn't take a draw of, on its own. No, we if, there, if they we take four we points from win.
0: those two games, I think we would do very well against a very capable St. Mirren side and one that you know we've not really we've not come up against yet this season. So there's a certain degree of being an unknown quantity. But at home they you know they have been very good. You know, they beat Celtic in that run, um, they beat Aberdeen three one last time. Rangers couldn't win there. Rangers actually had to get a very late penalty equaliser. So teams have not found it easy going to Paisley to place it mid.
2: Here's here's one that you could maybe do a little bit of research for if you're so or that way inclined. Is the 20th league game of the season the latest that Hearts have faced an opponent in the league (sighs) for the first time? Um, It's got to be up there. It's
0: it's definitely got to be up there. I'll have to ask uh, Mr. Davey Allen, because it does depend on the game. On the the days when there's a much bigger league and you only played teams twice, maybe be more feasible. No, so,
2: no. So, so, since I mean, you, you've got to, it's got to be the same parameters. Since there are, since you face each other four, or theoretically face each other four, but um, I, I, it's just a nice little nugget for your commentary if you can find it. I'm sure Davey would. Yeah, we'd know. It's, it's just bizarre. Probably, it's, know, it's, but... it's, it's bizarre that we were, were in the second part of the the season. We're in the the not the year that we started the season in and we haven't faced sooner yeah. yet and like buses you wait forever for one and then two come two along come in along, a short yeah. space of time right um, tough, tough game tough game but tough. give me Can a we,
0: uh, give me a score okay. sorry just cutting you off on gab. just two look two at one. the time you know, we're, we're into the seven added minutes or however long you get these days 2-1
2: <laughs> hearts Lawrence Shankland I'm not gonna I keep going away from Shankland and and I was gonna Sam, say
0: should we just like not should we not allow Shanklin as one of the picks because it's kind of
2: obvious? Well, what? But if he if he scores both goals, then we're never going to win. I oh, know you've
0: it. not got anyone.
2: No, no, we, we just no. You can't do that. As Gary will said, it's nice to have someone that's so reliable. Um, two one, Shankland.
0: Okay, I'm going to go with the draw. I'm going to go one one, and
2: I can't be more positive than you for a change. That's
0: and. I think we'll go behind, but we'll we'll get ourselves back in it, and it's gonna be mm. Humphreys off the bench. Uh, yes, yeah, I was gonna see Kingsley back in the score, but I felt like I might jinx him. He won't end up. He won't be back for injury. So yeah, let's go Humphreys. Yeah, why not? There we go. One one Humphreys. Okay. And hopefully, well, hopefully I'm wrong. I don't usually say I hope that Mark's right and I'm wrong, but I hope I hope I'm I hope I'm wrong. And it's three points for Hearts. Whatever happens, we'll be back next week to discuss it. Uh, big game in Paisley. Of course, the big game of the weekend was won by Hearts. We hope you all enjoyed the celebrations. We hope it's sign of things to come in 2023. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to get in touch, you can email podcast at uk, or you can get us on Twitter at Around the Funnel. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.
1: Check it out. I drive these brothers crazy. I do it on the daily. They treat me really nicely. They buy me all these ices. Dolce and Gabbana, Fendi and Madonna Kieran, Karen, they be sharing all their money. Got me wearing fly. Girl, but I ain't asking. They say they love my ass. In. Seven jeans to religion. I say no, but they keep giving. So I keep on taking. And no, I ain't. We can keep on taking. I keep on demonstrating my love, no. my love, my love, my love, my no. love, you love my lady love, my haunt, my haunt, my haunt, my haunt, they got you, she's got me.